The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as our presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Keep listening to this episode for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com. Fansets. Our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the world's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hi, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira Norris from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant, the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. and circumstance division high above Podfleet command it's the biggest little show this side of the alpha quadrant and the flagship of the trek geeks podcast network greetings to you ladies gentlemen children of all ages and welcome to the trek geeks podcast i'm your co-host bill smith this is our first show of 2021 and it's so good to be back after a little bit of a holiday break and of course by by we i do mean my co-host and i i can only hope that he's on his way out of town I, I really can, and I will guarantee that I will play songs better than YMCA. Yes, he's the largely discoable Dan Davidson, and Dan, why don't you show us some moves? Merry New Year! Want some beef jerky? That's a little trading places line in there. How you doing, buddy? Good to be here, little 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 robot. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. What? <laughs> You're gonna have to explain to me the trading places transition at some point. Off oh, mic. Just say you uh, said Happy New Year, and that popped into my head. Mary New- when he says oh, okay. Merry New Year, and he's pretending he's uh, an exchange student from Cameroon, Eddie Murphy, and he says that. If you can, you can believe this. I've only seen Trading Places oh, once. Classic, classic Eddie Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis film. I recommend it highly. And it was a, it was about it was almost forty years ago. I'm sure, isn't it? Wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's, but here I feel like every time we sit down, except today, because it's 2021 and we're starting a new uh, year of podcasting, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see we're both a little bit rusty after not doing this for a few weeks, huh? <laughs> but, buddy, it's uh, speaking of 2020 and 2021, we are very excited to be back. To, and we got a, a special guest to help us uh, into this brand new yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a great discussion, you know, talking about all the things that took place in 2020 and looking forward to 2021. He's been on the show before. Uh, he's he's a great contributor over at treknews.net. Kyle Hadiniak is going to join us to talk about all the things that we remember from last year, all the big moments in the Star Trek universe. And I think it's going to be a great discussion because there are a lot of, you know, as, as bad as 2020 was, there are a lot of good things that happened in the Star Trek universe. There really are. And there's, there's lots of things that we can look at as fans and, and remember happened amid all the chaos. And we're going to do some of that 
later on in this episode. But first, mon frere, um, might you regale us with the information by which people can communicate with us? Oh my gosh, us? yeah. We want to hear from, from anybody on, on anything. Past episodes, this episode, what you want to see in future episodes. There's a whole bunch of ways you can do it. Just go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and you can email us. You can send us a voice voicemail. A voicemail. You can chat with <laughs> us. You can tweet at us. Uh, or you can go to Camp Kittimer, which is the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network over on the Book of Faces. It is the most positive Trek group on Facebook. We don't allow any trolling. We don't allow any gate keeping we only want people there who are going to celebrate what they love about star trek so just go over to facebook.com search for camp kidmer we're going to let you right in uh, after a very quick quiz <laughs> there's always a test involved uh we want to thank our wonderful admins Haley, jackie and fark for the amazing job they do running the camp but bill it is always important every week we have to say that that uh, uh as they would say in wink of an eye in any of these places they may be used in a future episode <laughs> wow you said it really um, fast uh, you said something that's for sure um a little programming note obviously here we are toward the end of january uh, as we start up new episodes for the month of february dan you and i actually are going to be heard very little on the trek geeks podcast and that's because we've made a very important and i think very uh forward-thinking decision to highlight the voices of others during the month of February. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically, we are going to use the Trek Geeks podcast to amplify and elevate the voices of African-American content creators in Star Trek fandom. Um, it, it's a decision that you and I are both passionate about, and we talked about it, and, and I think we reached a decision in 0.68 seconds, yeah. perhaps. Um, which is an attorney for an Android. It is. It really is. But um, it, it's, it seems like it's been an attorney for this type of recognition to come about in our society. And this is our small way that we can contribute to that and support it because it is so very important with everything that we've seen over the past few years. Uh, moving forward, we want to continue to be as inclusive as we possibly can. So this is a fantastic uh, idea that we came up with. So during the month of February, we're going to have guests uh, from the African-American content community uh, doing podcasts here on Trek Geeks. And we will just have our, our quick little hellos at the beginning of the episode. And then we're going to turn it over to them. And I'm very excited about this, buddy. Uh, me too. This is their content um, presented their way. Um, because it, it wouldn't make sense for them to do it our way, um, because that wouldn't be their voice. Exactly. Um, you know, we reached out to, to several, you know, podcasters and, and content creators and said, look, would you be interested in this? And, um, we were so lucky that, that the people we approached were, were very excited to, to do an episode of Trek Geek. So, um, we have some special guests coming up in February. The Sci-Fi Sisters will yeah. be hosting an episode first up, so uh, the first week of February. Uh, our friend David Majors, who's a, um, a great, great podcaster, and also the Black Alert podcast has agreed to come in and do an episode. Um, and uh, we're really looking forward to the content that they are going to give to you all. Um, we can't wait to hear it because we haven't heard it yeah, yet. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that's going to be cool. It's not as if we're going to just be putting in a a past podcast and just dropping it into our feed. They're going to be doing their podcast on our network um, for the month of February. And I think it's it's an incredible honor to have all of them on. And I'm really looking forward to listening to the topics that they're going to give us. 
So as someone who downloads and listens to Trek Geeks, you won't have to do anything different. Your normal episode of Trek Geeks will hit your feed every single week, except you'll have uh, some different voices with some great, great conversation. And that's what we're looking forward to the most. And like I said, thank God. I won't have to listen to us. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're doing it right now, and I can see the ear, the blood coming out of people's ears literally right now. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be it. No, that's, that's that, just that's me. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, it's the beginning of a new year here on Trek Geeks, and we're very excited about what this year is going to bring for Star Trek fans. And one of the things we know everyone will be excited about is the fact that fan sets will have some of the most amazing pins you've ever seen coming out over the course of the next 12 months. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. And if you've been following them on Facebook and Twitter like we do, you've been getting a lot of sneak peeks lately about what to expect over just the next couple of months anyway. Uh, There are so many awesome Star Trek pins on the horizon. Uh, But as always, Fansets decided to surprise us at the end of last week with a whole bunch of brand new pins just for January. And you can get those right now at Fansets.com. And they include Star Trek Picard episode pins three and four for The End is the Beginning and absolute candor. And also from Star Trek Picard, the wonderful Dr. Agnes Girardi is ready to add to your collection. Uh, over at Star Trek Discovery, we're happy to have Lieutenant Nilsson join the fan set's ranks. And oh, oh my god, Bill, the one that I've been waiting for, the newest ship pin from fan sets, the Doomsday Machine ship pin, has finally been released. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's the giant bugle, and I'm very excited. <laughs> Space, Space Beagles. Beagles. And finally, Bill, we've been waiting for this one also for a very long time, and it's finally here. The uh, TNG All Good Things full-size Delta is now available over at fansets.com. You know, and that Delta, I mean, as well as every pin that Fansets produces, is just gorgeous. Now, we want to make sure everyone is aware, this is just the full-sized Delta. The magnetic-backed Delta and the mini version of the Delta will be available in the near future, so keep your eyes on Fanset's social media pages for all those release announcements. So, in the meantime, head on over to Fansets.com, check out all of their pins, put a bunch of them in your cart, and at checkout, be sure to enter this week's exclusive Trek Weeks Trek Geeks discount code word by 2020. That's BYE2020 for an amazing 10% off your entire order. Again, that's by 2020 in all capital letters with no spaces. This offer is going to be good until January 27th, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plus, don't forget when you spend more than $30, you're automatically going to get free shipping in the United States. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Bill, here we are in 2021. And before you know it, buddy, Valentine's Day is going to be here. It sure will. The season of love. The time of year when you tell those people closest to you how much you love them. And wouldn't you know, Science Division has the perfect gift unique for the geek in your life. That's right. It's the galaxy's first app-enabled interactive Tribble. Order your Tribble now at sciencediv.com. And for a limited time, it will arrive with a custom plush rose and special festive packaging to show the special person in your life how they're no Tribble at all. Wow. Dude, really? Seriously? (laughs) Valentine's Day is about love, Dan, so shut your face. 
Plus Science Division has some brand new accessories like their official tote bag, which will be perfect for when conventions start up again. These canvas tote bags have the Science Division Gamma Ray Burst logo, and let me tell you, they're truly massive. They'll be perfect for lugging all your swag around, and for a limited time, they're shipping with a pixel art triple pin and a set of triples of Vegas cards. Awesome, and better yet, you could get a triple and a tote bag and be ready for whatever comes your way because, as you're well aware... Tribbles and tote bags are not dangerous, Bill. Uh, so you'll definitely want to head over to ScienceDIV.com to get yours today. Yeah. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. Well, you've heard him on the news from treknews.net here on Trek Geeks, and today we welcome him back to talk about the biggest stories of 2020 and to look ahead to 2021. He's treknews.net's contributor and brand new dad, Kyle Hadiniak. Kyle, it is great to see you. Congratulations, man, and welcome back to Trek Geeks. Hey, Dan Davidson. <laughs> Did I say that right? You know, I was yeah. practicing before the Close show enough, and yeah. I, I screwed up. <laughs> and uh, hey, Bill, how's it going? <laughs> good, man. How are you doing? It's good to have you back. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back. This is always fun. Yeah, it's funny because uh, we joked about last time that Dan rehearsed saying your last name all kinds of times before you were on last time. Yes. And today, Dan and I recorded uh, a part of Discovering Trek, and I said, so you ready for tonight? And he said your name flawlessly about five wow. times in a row. And I, I said, I, you're going to mess this up. I didn't mess it up. I stuttered, but I did say it correctly. That's a mess up. That's you really do need a universal translator from my last name. <laughs> you really don't. You just need somebody who's you know fluent in English. You know, dude, if you'd spell it right, maybe it would be. I know. <laughs> That's totally on, you know, whoever made my last name like 50 <laughs> generations ago. Oh, well, jerks. however you pronounce it, however you spell it, it's really great to have you here and, and happy new year. Yeah, you too, guys. How you doing? Good. Although I suspect we're getting a little more sleep than you are these days. Congrats on the newest Perhaps. addition to your family. Thank you. Yes. Kira Hadiniak, born December 11th. Nice. And uh, if you were to ask my wife, uh, the name Kira did not come from Star Trek, but uh, you know, I'll let her believe that for as long as I can. Hopefully, <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a wink and a nod, we'll go along with it. We won't exactly. say anything. No one's listening to this show anyway, so don't mm-hmm. worry about it's it. It's just the three, it's just the three of us. <laughs> that's yeah, true, that's all. Much. It is. And I might not even listen, so it's only two of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he finally admits it now after six years. Um, that's and, right. And, this this year is six years for you guys, isn't it? Yes, it is. In fact, yeah. this uh, this week is six years. Oh, so, congratulations. Um, thank you very much. It, it feels like it's gone by amazingly quick, Dan, doesn't it's it? Like, it's like a bloodletting. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I try to say something really nice. No, it's how no, primordial. I've got to say, it, I don't know that Steve Martin skit from Saturday Night Live jumped into my head, but um, yeah, it's been fantastic. I cannot believe it's been six years, buddy. Um, in all seriousness, it's been quite a journey. And uh, as we come into 2021 and hopefully the end of the pandemic, another journey is about to start with uh, our sixth year. Wow. How many it's, shows? Um, this is 247. Yeah. Cool. 247. And somewhere in the long vicinity of 75 or 80 discovering tracks. So it's been, yeah, it's been a lot of content and we got a lot more content to go through, I'm sure. Well, well to prep for this, I, I listened to all of those shows. Yes. And, <laughs> okay. and you guys are doing a good job. 
<laughs> well, we can't be held responsible for any, you know, counseling or therapy you might need after listening to that much of Dan. <laughs> hey, that is my therapy, listening to you guys talk about Star Trek. You have bigger issues. <laughs> yeah, I guess so now I do. <laughs> well, Kyle, it's great to have you here. We're going to talk a little bit about something you know a, a thing or two about, and that's some news. Obviously, yeah. 2020 is in our rear view, boys, and I think that we are all incredibly happy that that's the case. But still yet, a lot of things happened in the world of Star Trek, and we're going to talk about that in our first new show of, of 2021 this year. So Kyle, we asked you to compile uh, some stories you thought were probably the most weighty or, or important or even big as far as the scope of 2020. And um, we have no idea, for the most part, what you're going to talk about. So uh, you get to surprise us. Well, this is dangerous. Oh, you didn't vet, vet me before. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So quite a quite a few things did happen uh, in 2020 that were really good for the franchise, uh, despite you know gestures vaguely everything else. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about you know what happened this year is that we are getting a show about a character who before modern star trek we had only seen like twice right two yeah. in two tos episodes captain pike and so obviously anson mount brought captain pike to discovery season two and he was fantastic in my opinion a lot of people really liked him one of the best parts of the season and because fans like demanded a show about pike and the enterprise and spock and number one uh they're making a show about him uh, strange new worlds that's filming this year. Uh, I highly, highly doubt we'll see it this year. Uh, and if we do, great. But uh, in any case, they announced it in 2020. And I think that's a remarkable thing because uh, I was thinking about how the motion picture came to be. And that's because fans clamored for new Star Trek. And that's what they got in the form of the motion picture back in the 70s. And now uh, something similar is happening. It's not, you know, a movie, but it's still it's going to be a very high quality TV show starring a wonderful cast of characters. And uh, we'll be getting those uh, those episodes sometime in the near future, I hope. But in any case, it's it's a pretty cool thing to hang on to that we're getting a show because fans really clamored for it. So that's a real testament to how, how the uh, cast and crew of discovery season two handled those characters. You know, I think it's pretty amazing. If you think about the scope of the star Trek universe and 50 years ago, how the franchise was canceled in its tracks and it took a massive write-in effort, you know, uh, of course, you know, spurred by Gene Roddenberry behind the scenes, but um, twice fans tried to save star Trek and they succeeded once. Right. And then we went through this sort of first long dry spell of 10 years between Turnabout Intruder and the motion picture. And here we are now, fast forward just over 50 years later, Dan, and it, it's an embarrassment of riches. It, yeah. It's really kind of weird to think about. Yeah, it really is. And and the best riches you could think of, because how many times have we talked about here on Trek Geeks and on Discovering Trek, how much both you and I absolutely loved what Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine did with those characters in season two of Discovery. We talked about how it very quickly, Anson Mount's Captain Pike became one of our favorite captains in all of Star Trek, because he was so good at the role. The, the, um, the storyline for his character 
in season two of Discovery was just amazing. And we were talking about it right from the get-go. Oh my God, it would be so great if they made a show about these characters and Pike's Enterprise, even if it was called, we talked about whether it be called Star Trek Pike or, or something like that. We love the, the title of Strange New Worlds. But I got to tell you, at one point, Kyle, I was really nervous because I had heard that they broke down and quote-unquote destroyed the Enterprise sets once mm. they were done filming season two. So I thought it was out the window. Interesting. Then they came back with the announcement, and I got to tell you, I was I was so excited. I can't wait for just the teaser trailer for this. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. sure. Which we'll, you know, we'll probably get at some point, hopefully soon, because they have either already started filming or, or will do so soon. So yeah, teasers come pretty soon after that. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Anton Mount, I remember... Uh, watching the episode in season two of discovery where we see his accident and i was watching with my brother and i was like giddy like a kid and i was like i can't believe we're watching this this is so awesome yeah and uh to see more of that character especially with the knowledge that he has that he's going to suffer this accident Mm -hmm. at some point uh and still be so determined and so courageous uh in serving you know doing his duty and such it's really remarkable i love the character i love what anson mount's done so uh definitely eagerly awaiting that show it adds such a a layer to pike that we didn't know existed i mean in the cage he's spent he's tired of deciding who lives and who dies he's thinking about retiring he's thinking about getting out by the time we get to the menagerie, he's boop, boop. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, he doesn't have a lot to say other than that. He's kind of one note, <laughs> boom, boom. Um, but, but this, You're this fact, I know, thank you, thank you. <laughs> this fact that Pike knows something about his future really adds uh, a weight to this character that has, is really going to make for some interesting you know, character study and, and, and drama, Dan. Well, yes. Uh, before I go to that point, though, I got to uh, 100% agree with you, Kyle, because as Bill knows, and as unfortunately as my wife knows, <laughs> the night that episode played, I went absolutely berserk. It yeah. was probably the most exciting moment for me as a Star Trek fan, because as morbid as it sounds, for decades, I have wanted to see that accident. Yeah. That oh, absolutely. Yeah. And to be actually able to see that, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% serious. When that, as soon as that episode ended, we had the screener for it, I got on my phone and I sent a message to uh, Bowie and Erica, the writers of that episode, in tears because I was so happy for what they brought in that one episode. It was unlike every, anything I've really ever experienced in a Star Trek episode until season three of Discovery, and we can get into that later. But, but um, Bill, to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for that impassioned defense. Let's just cut out the other part and just let's go with yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that would be awesome. People on Patreon will hear it, but nobody else will. <laughs> um, Kyle, do you think this effectively puts a pin in Section 31 for now? Because, I mean, we yeah. haven't seen anything about that show. There's no PR site on, this, on the Viacom CBS right. Press Express. Uh, whereas Picard had one day one, Strange New Worlds had one day one, mm. Prodigy had one after the announcement over on the Nickelodeon press site. Do you think that this just sort of kicks that can down the road? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and I'm I'm also really curious about that series because with Georgiou we got her kind of conclusion. Georgiou, sorry, uh, we got her conclusion. Uh, See, it happens. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. Okay, speaking's hard. <laughs> Uh, so you know, she spoilers. She jumps into the Guardian of Forever, and uh, off she goes. And we don't know where she is, or when she's going, or what she's going to do, or who she's going to meet. And presumably, that's where you know that Section Thirty One series would 
would take off, you know, we assume. But uh, yeah, you're right. We haven't heard anything about that. And you would think we would have by now because how long are we going to remember that storyline from season three when we get Prodigy, Strange New Worlds, Picard season two? There's going to be a lot of content in between now and then. And you would think they would want us to, you know, keep thinking about it in some way and give us, I don't know, a promotional still or one of those uh, little behind the scenes teasers that they're filming already like they did for um, Discovery season four. But yeah, uh, yeah, or, or even an update from Kurtzman or or something like that. Just say like I, it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, at this point I'm starting to believe it's not, um, and I, I could very well be wrong. I yeah. freely admit this. This is just my gut feeling. I hope they're wrong because I really want to see Michelle Yeoh, you know, at the top of a call sheet of a series. Dan. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this for a while. I mean, the the way that she, that her storyline wrapped up in season three this year was perfect for that diving board of a new series. But it also could be just the end of her storyline. They kind of left it in a way that either way would kind of work. Um, we know that she's going somewhere and that she's going to live. Or she's going to, you know, as Bill mentioned in, in an episode we did not too long ago, maybe she'll pop up on the bridge of the Enterprise in the first episode of Strange New Worlds, and that will start her Section 31 show. I think that would be kind of cool oh. if it happened. Hmm. Um, whether or not it does, who knows? But there's so much Star Trek going on that I think it's very possible what you said, Kyle. If it's if something is not updated soon, people are going to – not the – diehard fans, but people are going to forget about it. Yeah. They're, they're not going to remember what actually happened. And and that could possibly be a bad thing. So um, I want it to happen. Everybody knows how much I love Section 31. Um, I would love, like Bill said, I'd love to see her as, as the, the top name in a series. I just hope something comes out. I mean, they've been surprising us every few months now for a while. So who knows? Maybe they got something up their sleeve, Bill, that they're going to do in the coming uh, months. Well, here's hoping. So, Kyle, you you brought a lot to the table. Hold on, hold on. First Bill story. just looked. Bill just looked up his sleeve. Just <laughs> I did. For people, yeah. Just I, did. I don't yeah. really know why. <laughs> uh, well, he said he's maybe in... they have something up their sleeve, and I said, oh, well, there's maybe there's something up my sleeve. Oh. I'm not that bright, Kyle. Well, good maybe, luck. Let it go. Finding maybe something. he'll go jump out the window, Kyle. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no! Stop! Come back. <laughs> that's how I feel every time Dan goes away. <laughs> no, really, come back. Um, so, if that's the A game you're bringing, Kyle, you've got a great future here, and you might even get Dan's seat one of these days. Oh wow! Big seat to rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very. Well, big I'm a seat big guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we have to 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 reminisce about as far as 2020 goes? So, 2020 brought a really significant milestone for the franchise, and it's something that <laughs> I don't know if anybody would have ever ever assumed back in 1970 that you know we would have gotten uh, the 800th entry. In the franchise, so counting TVs and movies, uh, it, it was a uh, Discovery episode called "There Is a Tide," and uh, it was the second to last episode of the season, and that was the 800th entry of the franchise. It was directed by Jonathan Frakes, which was just kind of like mm. uh, the icing on the cake, and it was a good episode to boot. So uh, fans had a lot to uh, celebrate on that day, and you know, here's to 800 more, right? Dare I say? It was the icing on the frakes. Oh, oh the farcism was... is still coming, folks. Don't worry. You know, you could say that. I don't know if you should. <laughs> I, I don't know that you should ever. 
Um, sorry, I'm sorry. I just I have so many questions. The first of which is, why did I ever talk you into doing a podcast, dude? We haven't done a live show in three weeks. I got them. All, I I got them all lined up all night long. I, I rue the day. Um, it's amazing to think that 801 episodes now that Discovery season finale has aired is uh, is pretty substantive. However, it's not the most. I mean, you think of of shows like Law and Order, the franchise of Law and Order, which currently has about eleven hundred plus. Wow! Um, yeah, you know, two of their shows have four hundred <laughs> episodes each. You know, which is pretty amazing. But for for science fiction, for Star Trek, this is it, it's pretty jaw dropping, Dan. It really is because when you think about it, back in the day when they didn't really have you know, before the mid 80s, when it was just the original series, I can remember watching my VHS cassettes of one episode of the 79 original episodes from TOS over and over and over again, thinking that was all the Star Trek and that was okay when you don't count the movies. Now, there are libraries of episodes and short treks and movies and animated yeah. series and other animated series. I mean, it's diverse. Just, yeah. It's diverse. It's nonstop. And and we've said it before, Kyle, has there ever been a time in not just our lives, but our parents' lives where there has been a better time to be a Star Trek fan than right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, maybe the nineties, but uh, even then I think we're in like this, the second golden age of Star Trek for sure. And we have so many uh, really good things to look forward to. And, you know, certainly it, it's, you know, we may have gotten more episodes on a regular basis, uh, back in the 90s but the quality of these episodes now um, I think at least from a production value they're certainly far and away better than uh, anything we got in the 90s yeah. of course there are some fantastic Star Trek episodes from back in that heyday but uh, we we have certainly the quality here to look forward to as well and I think fans should certainly be thankful for that it's amazing to think that between the the Berman era and now the Kurtzman era you know, we have added 722 episodes to the franchise, and that's since 1987. So yeah. realistically, in the last 30 plus years, 35 years, um, we have we've added a bu- the bulk of those shows, which is actually is even more staggering to think about in those terms. Yeah. Dan, you're right. For the longest time in our childhood, it was the 79, and yeah. that was it. That, yeah. And it wasn't until 1979 where we got the motion picture. I'm like, oh, they could do movies. <laughs> And then we're lucky if we got one every couple of years. So, yeah, I think this is kind of rarefied air for television. I, I can't think of a franchise today that's going to hit 700, 800 episodes because of the short natures of seasons and the whole uh, mystery box concept of, yeah. of television seasons. You know, Cal? Yeah, that's a good point because back in the day, there would be, what, 24 episodes in a season mm-hmm. or so. And now we have like 10 or 13 and so uh, any franchise starting out now or just kind of hitting its stride, they're going to have a long way to catch up uh, compared <laughs> oh, yeah. to Star Trek's, you know, how many how many series of Star Trek had, you know, a full seven seasons at 24 episodes a season. So, you, yeah. you, you know, they they got up there pretty fast. Dan, Picard's going to have to run for 25 years in order to get to the, <laughs> the, the you know, the kind of episode count that, that really needs to kick, kick it up, just, you know? They'll just Patrick Stewart's going to be like clones. 105 or something. <laughs> yeah. He's going to make clones of Stewart to put him in that robot body. Um, it's amazing when you think about it. We have more, more than 10 times the amount of Star Trek we had when I was watching those VHSs that I just talked about. That's un- That's unbelievable. And, and now they're all accessible right from where you're yeah. sitting on your computer yep. Yep. or on your TV or whatever, on your phone. Or on your you could phone. Be, yeah. yeah, you could be on an airplane watching Star Trek and yeah. Yep. One of the cool things, 
one of the cool things about it, though, and you mentioned it, yeah, they may be shorter episodes, but I've said it a hundred times. It's cinematic television. It is done so, the technology and oh, yeah. the stories are so immersive, and the special effects are like nothing we've ever seen before that does it make sense that they're shorter seasons yeah do i want them to be 24 yeah, yeah but then i'm also afraid that it, that might suffer a little bit so i'm good with it the way it is right now yeah well if you think about it you know you talked about that cinematic quality there's what 42 episodes of discovery now roughly um and 10 episodes of picard we've got 50 mini movies yeah, And that's just going to continue with Strange New Worlds, with Section 31, with the heretofore unnamed live action series that is allegedly in somebody's back pocket over at Secret Hideout um, that they have yet to announce. Um, and, and then you start Mysterious. adding on. Yeah, I know, right? You start adding on the animated series. You know, Lower Decks has 10 and I think Prodigy. I don't know how many Prodigy is supposed to have. I think maybe 13 possibly. Um but and then the short treks, which are you know fifteen minute mini movies, um, it certainly is one hell of a time to be a fan. And I, the best part is, is as Star Trek goes on and as as decades go on, the quality is just going to get even better. If you can imagine that, yeah, we're going to get episodes in our own little holodecks, yeah, and uh, be able to I'm experience it themse- ourselves, <laughs> yeah. It'll beam I it can, right into your brain. I can phaser yeah, Bill not? for real. Wow. No, not at all. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I was, I was going to say, do you think uh, – I'm going to give my opinion, and I'm sure you guys are going to agree with me. I, I am so tired of hearing the distinction of new Trek versus old Trek. It is Star Trek. Agreed. 800 yes. entries of Star Trek, and the people that want to continue to differentiate the two can, can – Take a hike. I just, it just, it's infuriating to listen yeah. to it because as Star Trek fans, we should appreciate all 800 individual entries to that bill. Well, you know, I remember back in 87 when Next Gen premiered and it was Star Trek and that new show. And I, I mean, I admit it straight up. I was one of the people who didn't like TNG when it first premiered. Honestly, the first few episodes, I know, the first few episodes really weren't. Well, understandable, right yeah, for the, yeah. yeah, for season one. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> the Naked Now, that's all I'm going to say. Code of Honor. Code of Honor, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, over time, it uh, it occurred to me that, you know what, it's got Star Trek in the name. You know, it is it is Star Trek. And then as you ease into it, you know, it, it, it washes over you. It wins you over. And by the time Next Gen's over, you're like, damn, that was a great series. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Dan. It's all Star Trek. People are going to look back at Discovery 25 years from now and go, damn, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And the rest of us who've been saying it all along are going to go, yep, mm-hmm. you, I told you. Mm-hmm. Discovery especially. I mean, Discovery so thoroughly embodies the Star Trek spirit so well that uh, it's going to be classified as certainly quintessential Star Trek. Uh, if it isn't now, then it will be uh, in retrospect. Bill, how many times this season alone in season three did you say this episode was, quote, so Star Trek? That's many. A, and what you said, Kyle, is, is a, perfect, a perfect example of that. I mean, it's, the, the writers are Star Trek fans. They are people who understand the franchise. They are people who love the franchise as much as we do. So whenever I hear these people saying this isn't real Star Trek, I just scratch my head. I'm like, what are you, what are you smoking? Because it's just completely off base. <laughs> but that's just me. Well, I think that those those gatekeepers and self-appointed guardians of the franchise whom nobody wants to guard the franchise, 
um, just have a hard time accepting new things. I mean, these are the people who seem to forget that people hated Next Gen when it first came on, and people hated Deep Space Nine when it first came on, and people hated Voyager and Enterprise when they first came on. But now they've all got selective amnesia, and they look back and go, oh, that's all Star Trek. Yeah. When um, there was a big chorus of naysayers and boos when every one of those shows premiered, quite frankly. So um, time will prove them wrong too. That's all I can say. You know what so, really grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Davidson. Wow. <laughs> no. I'll give you that one. I've gotten three zingers in on you tonight, so that's all right. Uh, it's funny you think they're zingers. That's cute. Uh, <laughs> so, Kyle, that's two down. 2020 is looking pretty good so far as far as Star Trek goes. Yeah, and I and I got more. So, uh, one kind of out of the blue thing that, uh, you know, at least out of the blue for me and uh, probably a lot of people, Star Trek Prodigy has Kate Mulgrew coming back to voice Janeway, which is uh, really exciting. So we last saw Janeway in 2002 in Star Trek Nemesis. And so when they announced it last year, that means it would have been 18 years since Janeway was seen or heard from. And uh, wow, 18 years. Oof. Uh, but in any, in any case, she's coming back. Uh, we don't know, you know, the extent of her role or, or what she'll be doing or what anybody will be doing because not a whole lot about the show is known, uh, except that it's a kid show on Nickelodeon. It's going to be uh, computer generated animation and not like in the style of lower decks. So it's going to be different animation than that really adds some diversity to Star Trek's offering, which is great. And as a, an, as a new dad, I'm a little more interested in kid shows that come out yeah. now than perhaps I would have been, uh, you know, before, but, uh, I'm really excited to see how Kate brings back her, her really famous role. She's obviously so good at, as Jane way. She was so good, quite the trailblazer, trailblazer, quite the leader. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was fantastic news. Twitter blew up that day when they announced that she was coming <laughs> back and rightly so. I only wish that they could have had that announcement on stage in Vegas like they did for Patrick Stewart yeah. coming back for Picard because I think it would have brought the house down in yeah. a very similar way, Dan. Oh, absolutely. That's a moment that I'll never forget when when uh, Sir Patrick was on stage saying Jean-Luc Picard is back. But I got to tell you, that day of of Kate Mulgrew's announcement, I was buried at work. I, I could not l- watch any of the things going on. But all I know is that, like you said, Kyle, Twitter went nuts. And I actually found out about this from my nephew in London sending me a text saying, what is going on with Kate Mulgrew? And I was scared for a second that something bad had happened. <laughs> oh, um, no. So that's how oh, I no. found out. So I was able to then you know, stop what I was doing at work and, and look up things and see that this was uh, this was happening in her, in her video um, with... Uh, with Kurtzman to make that announcement was absolutely perfect. She had a quote in there. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was, it was perfect about, about letting in all of these young minds into this universe. And it was just fantastic. And it shows that her heart and soul is still in the role. And I think it's fantastic, Bill. You know, I, it's because of that announcement. I actually decided to try watching star Wars rebels. Yes. Because what Kurtzman wants to do is to bring younger viewers into the franchise. Yes. Totally get it. Yes. And if it's executed anything like Rebels, I think it's going to be wildly successful because Rebels, I think, is better than some of the Star Wars movies, quite honestly, yes. Kyle. Yes. Uh, yeah. So clearly, clearly I, I'm a fan of the Star Wars animated shows. So Clone Wars and Rebels are fantastic additions to that franchise. And Clone Wars, in my opinion, makes 
Revenge of the Sith a better movie. It, it fills oh. in a lot of continuity. It, it makes you feel a lot more for these characters that we had previously only seen parts of in either Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. So those animated offerings brought so much to the franchise. I'm really excited for Starfleet to start doing the same thing. I have a theory with regard to Prodigy. And Dan, I think we've talked yes. about this briefly on Trek we Geeks. Yep. And that is, um, I think that the ship will be the Voyager. And I think they're going to find it somewhere in the future. And Janeway will be a holographic construct guiding the the people aboard. And I say that because they keep referring to Kate coming back as Captain Janeway. Mm-hmm. And since she's already an admiral, that doesn't really sound right. So in my own head mm. canon, I think that's kind of where they're going with the series. And you boys can now discuss Maybe she so stole let me the just, Voyager to go back in time to save some catfish from going extinct. All right, <laughs> shut up, Dan. Kyle, <laughs> I, I have an intelligent thing to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, ha- have either of you guys picked up the autobiography of Catherine Drainway? Yes, I'm about okay. um, 50 pages in. Okay, cool. So uh, I reviewed that for Trek News. And I noted one really interesting thing, uh, among many interesting things, but, uh, you know, time to kind of put on my tinfoil hat. At the end of the book, Janeway mentions how she has a daughter. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name is Amelia. And she went to Starfleet Academy. And uh, we get a picture of Janeway and Amelia uh, in the book. So what if Janeway's daughter becomes kind of like her mother in that they're kind of exploring space. They're kind of a group of teenagers running around the galaxy, kind of guided or advised by Kate Mulgrew. Very interesting. Yeah. I I did not know. I haven't, I haven't read the book yet. It's obviously on my, my lengthy list of books I haven't gotten to. Um, but I, I think that's a really good angle. I like that even a little better than mine, quite honestly. Dave. It would be, Otherwise, it would be kind of a strange inclusion of ha- of having Janeway have a daughter, uh, you know, in this supposedly canonical book, right? It's an autobiography yeah. of Janeway. Yeah. So uh, to to drop the fact that she has a daughter and then not do anything with it elsewhere <laughs> is uh, would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll I, see. I like that idea a lot, and I like it a lot better than my dumb catfish idea. So mm-hmm. congratulations. They might this run across gonna, catfish. We don't know. This is going to drive the. Janeway Chakotay shippers nuts if she yeah, has a daughter oh. and there's no explanation. Well, yeah. oh, it, well my phone's read, ringing. Sorry about that. <laughs> read the book and it'll, it provides a, a really interesting explanation as to how and why she has a daughter. That's all I'll say. I will have to do that. And uh, that's assuming that I learn how to read, which we all know Dan is touch and go. Hmm. I read a lot of Star Trek books. I said me. I, well, I, I know. Both of you. I'm basically. just telling you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> He's, he fits right in. He's like over number place. three right now. That's why you go. just talk. You don't write. <laughs> wow. Um, I see that this is going to become more and more tedious as the news goes on. <laughs> what else do you have, Hadiniak? So, uh, wow. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. So the, the last like really big thing was, I mean, one, the fact that we got Star Trek Picard last year, which first of all, seems so long ago, it, it um, debuted in what, January? So it really yeah. was a long time yeah. ago. And uh, particularly the last episode of that season, we got a resolution to Data's storyline that we never knew we wanted or needed. 
and it was such yeah. a beautiful conclusion to that much beloved character. Uh, I I don't want to really say what happens because maybe some people haven't watched it or they're getting around. Oh, it's been to long it. enough. You think so? Spoiler uh, alert. One, yeah, two, so, three, four, five. Okay, go. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so so basically Picard and Data, they get to have a final conversation and it touches upon the kind of the turmoil Picard was feeling throughout the season. And it explains, um, you know, what Data was doing uh, while he was "quote unquote" dead, and um, it's really just a touching, emotional scene. I love it. Uh, the one part that always gets me is when we see Data finally, you know, ultimately die with Picard next to him, and they're in the uniforms, and then the 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 image of Picard and data transitions into like a stardusty nebula. And that scene was just so beautiful. And, uh, what Brent Spiner brought back to that character and what, of course, um, Patrick Stewart brought back, it was remarkable. It put a great ending on, you know, the first scene of that show with uh, data and Picard on the enterprise D and uh it was wonderful we and in that show itself we got other tng characters as well so really a shout out to star trek picard in its entirety and specifically that last episode i I can't agree more it's hard to believe that it was a year ago dan we were in los angeles for the red carpet premiere of star trek picard Mm -hmm. and um i I, if you told me it was 365 days ago i I would think you were lying because i feel like five years have gone by it really does, and it just goes to show what the pandemic has done with our with our recognition of the passage of time, because it does feel like it was years ago, and it was literally just about a year and, and a few days. Kyle, I got to agree one hundred percent with you on that aspect of the Picard finale. Um, it was it was a it was a very emotional scene, and I was sad, and I was I was feeling the feels. But when Data started to age before our very eyes. I completely fell apart like a blubbering fool. Yeah, and anybody yeah. who was in the room with me would were probably <laughs> like, what is, what is going on? And with Issa Brione singing Blue Skies, I mean, those different things that happened in that in that finale is what made it all come together so perfectly. Yeah. The Riker and Troy story was great to see, but that whole wrap-up of data, the entire Picard's been suffering from his death since Nemesis, and to have it finally wrapped up in such a beautiful way was what made that series so very special, at least for me. I appreciated that this show is exactly what they said it was going to be, and it's not the next generation of the next generation. Um, Yes, they had to work in an element. I mean, you can't have Picard and not have a little bit of crossover with some characters, but... I appreciated that this looked at Picard as a man who has made some mistakes since he left Starfleet and even during Starfleet and has a chance to confront them. I thought it showed real growth for Picard. And that's just something that you don't get in episodic format. And I think that's why I'm so excited for season two, quite honestly. Yeah. Whenever we get it, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know that filming has has been put back on the back burner, if memory serves, because filming in, in California has pretty much stopped. Right. I think at least, I think Patrick Stewart said he's seen the first maybe four scripts. Uh, so they've been at least, you know, hard at work writing and, and figuring out how it all plays out. And, you know, I would imagine they'll probably get to a point where they could start filming maybe this summer, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the pandemic will be hopefully kind of subsided by then to... Uh, do some filming, but otherwise, yeah, I'm sure it'll be worth the wait. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole idea, you know, we know that Jerry's going to be back. She's made mention of that on Twitter. She's going to be back as seven. And of course, the great character building that took place through all of these characters of season one is great. The possibility of Whoopi Goldberg joining them as Guinan is very big, I think, is even though she was only in a few episodes, just that whole dynamic of those two characters of Picard and Guinan, seeing that happen in the series, I don't think would be fan service at all. I think it would be a great storyline. So I'm really looking forward to what they bring in season two of Picard, Bill. I, I have no problem with fan service, even when it actually is fan service. The, the thing that people complain about as fan service is actually just uh, growing characters in a new era. And I'm <laughs> fine with point. that. Yeah, you know, good point. Absolutely. That's just good drama, yeah. good writing. So, um, wow, that's that's pretty awesome, Kyle. That's a pretty good 2020. Is there anything you're looking forward to as far as 2021 specifically? I like how 2021 is going to be kind of a year of production. Um, and so... 2022 will likely be just a banger of a year but so yeah yeah production this year it'll be well we'll we'll get prodigy and that's probably that's already in production you know in a, in a good way we'll get hopefully lower decks season two which by the way i love lower decks it's probably Fantastic. it's the most enjoyable series from 2020 for me uh overall i love half hour comedies it, it was hilarious uh the writers are obviously huge huge star trek fans and Dare I say, guys, that Lower Decks might be the best season one of Star Trek ever? Agreed. Sure. Yeah. No, okay. I, I'm Just right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's um, amazing to think yeah. that that we got another animated series after almost 50 years of not having an animated series, and it was light years better than I think anyone thought. <laughs> right. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. So we'll get season two of that. Um, Strange Worlds, Prodigy, Picard will be in production. And maybe there's a section 31 series, you know, you know, happening somewhere. We'll see. But in any case, a lot of things are happening for Star Trek this year. And we're going to see the, uh, the fruits of labor next year or later, mm-hmm. later this year. But before we talk about some other 2020 stories that, that I know the other season newsman on this podcast has, has tucked away. And of course that's the lovely and talented Dan Davidson. <laughs> Do you, so on discovering Trek, every episode, we make a series of predictions that we call long range scans and 99 times out of a hundred, there's no way they could possibly come true. <laughs> Is there one giant, you know, wing and a prayer prediction you want to make for 2021? Okay, there's not supposed to be. Oh, he's, he's doing his Rin impersonation right now. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you were talking to Dan. No, oh. no, that's you. That's you, Kyle. Um, any any wild thing I want to see? Yeah, in what would you like to see? What do you think? You know, if you had a, if you could wish for anything you wanted, what might that be? Well, anything I want, huh? <laughs> uh, it's Star Trek, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love. I'm a huge gamer. And we yeah. haven't had a good, uh, I mean, all respect to the Star Trek Online folks because they do a great job. But uh, to have like a single player, triple A Star Trek title, make it like an RPG that you can go out, explore, talk to people, something like Mass Effect, uh, something that like Bioware in its heyday would have made. Um, that would be just fantastic. Even just if we got a announcement for that, clearly I don't think this year we would get anything like that, but uh, that would be, that, that would be something that would fill in, you know, quite the media tie in with, with the, uh, you know, modern slate of Star Trek stuff. So that would be fantastic. 
That's pretty good. I got to admit, I think I would like to see that. I have a hard time, as much as I enjoy Star Trek Online, I don't game very often. So every time I play it, it's like I'm learning it all over again. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's tough because I never really got into MMO games. Um, whereas yeah. Dan, I know, played World of Warcraft for about a uh, hundred years. And and we're back into it. I was playing it right before I signed on. <laughs> Sue and I, we're, we're like into it all, every night now all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> that's yeah. That's pretty fantastic. So- in regards to a prediction for 21, 2021 for me, guys, uh, this is this is my prediction, and and I I don't want to sound negative when I say this, but it's not one that I'm super excited for. But I'm going to say I think it's a prediction. I think they're going to announce another movie, but I'm really? not that jazzed up for it. No. I gotta say, I'm, I, with all of the rumors that are out there and all of this and that and contracts and directors and storylines and rated R, I'm I'm happy with what we have with CBS right now. Um, and if it, if one is announced, which I was would be my prediction for twenty one, I'm gonna be like, oh great! But until I start seeing trailers and more information, I'm not all jazzed about it. Bill. So you think they're gonna go full on Marvel to some extent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crossing yeah. the streams between TV and yep. film and yep. and all that. Well, yep. I, I see. I think at first it worked. But uh, for Marvel, you know, between like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the movie universe. and yep. But I think it became far too laborious because if you didn't catch all of the movies in the theater, you'd come back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like I did and be wondering what the hell is going on, right? Right, right. I think maybe if they do, okay, I'll tell you, I'll, we'll tell you what, fans, we're going to do one more Kelvin Timeline universe and that's going to be it. That way they can wrap that up, whether they are able to get the timeline situation back to normal or whether they just wrap up that aspect of the Star Trek universe with the Kelvin timeline. I think they, that would be my prediction. I'm going to have one more Kelvin movie that will be announced in 2021 for maybe a 2023 release or something like that. Hmm. I totally think CBS is is doing just fine. I, you know, yeah. obviously I'll I'll pay whatever they want me to pay to go see another movie in theaters. <laughs> but uh, the the Kelvin movies did their job in that they re- reinvigorated the franchise True. and they attracted, um, you know, a, a newer, broader audience and a new aesthetic. And we don't need really another movie like that. You know, I love the uh, the movie esque TV seasons that we get and. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I like the Kelvin timeline fine. Uh, those those characters can continue in comics and books and such, but um, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we never got another one of those movies. Yeah, see, that's yeah, it's kind of like a oh, okay, great type but, thing. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I feel like what well, Star Trek Beyond cost north of two hundred million dollars to yeah, to, and to it didn't make. make a whole lot. Yeah. yeah, it didn't make a whole lot, and you know they can get two hours of a movie or 13 hours of a really good series for probably a similar investment. I think that, Mm -hmm. I think the math is pretty easy there. I think they're going to get more bang for their buck by introducing a brand new series or maybe even an anthology series, which I've never been really big on, but if they're not going to do movies, I could see them doing something like that. Sure. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, Dan, you have the floor. I know there are a couple of stories that, that have been sort of tacking away at your single yeah. brain cell that you have left. I don't even know if it's there anymore, man, but uh, probably I'll, I'll, not. Give it, I'll give it my best. I had four things that I actually jotted down. Two of them we've already talked about because Kyle is fantastic at what he does uh, with his totally. contributions to uh, treknews.net, and that's Picard and Lower Decks. Great new shows, and of course, the announcement of Strange New World was something. But one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about for, for 2020 is actually a negative thing, and that's... 
the pandemic canceling cons across the world for the whole year. That really affected fandom, I think. Mm -hmm. And it really affected the connection that we like to have with these stars. Um, need, not only to say anything about the fact of, of probably a major piece of income for all of these actors and people didn't have that coming in like they normally would. And I got to say, the biggest, the biggest hurt for all of that is the fact that Voyager didn't get the recognition that it deserved in yeah. its anniversary year. 25 years, right? Yeah. 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 We've, um, we've talked about that a lot. We had a year long celebration here on the podcast with Voyager 25 and, and it just, it, we're going to continue it with, with Voyager 26 because it deserves it. Um, but I think, you know, COVID has, has done so much and it's been devastating. So not going to a con is not a big thing in the grand scheme of things, but it really was a huge, punch in the gut for fans and for the cast alike. I agree with that. You know, it, it was big for me um, because, you know, Star Trek Las Vegas re-energized my fandom every single year. Yeah. Um, you know, producing weekly content is hard. And we produce Trek geeks, you know, at least 40 to 45 times a year. And we do discovering Trek weekly whenever the show is in season. So we're looking at, 60 episodes a year of, of Star Trek podcasts and that, that, that can be a little draining at times. Mm -hmm. And so getting to see the Trek family at Star Trek Las Vegas, man, it's a shot in the arm. And to not have that this year, get, don't get me wrong. I love producing podcasts. I love doing podcasts, but to get that break and to see the people who love the thing the same way you love the thing is pretty amazing. And I think that's really the roughest takeaway from 2020 for me, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm also, you know, it's sad that cons have been canceled left and right, but kind of the saving grace that I like to think is perhaps now with virtual events, you're able to get actors and actresses who you might not normally otherwise would get out to That's Vegas true. or whoever, uh, wherever else. And uh, I remember thinking about that when Scott Bakula did one of these cons this yeah. uh, in 2020. And I'm, I, I remember thinking, when was the last time Scott Bakula was at a con? Not that I've seen. And, you know, so he's one of those that maybe he's working too much and he just can't really, you know, make it out and can't schedule and whatever else. But uh, th that could be one thing that maybe comes out of this mess. And, you know, seeing more of these people, even if they're not in person, uh, is is fine by me. I, I'm not as uh, I'm not as eager a con goer as, as you guys, but I've been to a few and they were certainly, you know, a lot of fun. But uh, I'm happy just to watch, you know, virtual cons on my computer here and, and see what these folks that we don't normally see have to say. Well, now that you have a baby in the house, you're not going to cons for at least 18 years. Yeah. Well, no, she's coming with me. I mean. <laughs> it, it, it's funny that you say that. One of the, And Bill, you mentioned it a little bit. One of the things that was, was so disappointing for not being able to go to these conventions like Vegas that we look forward to is getting together with our Trek family, with the friends that we've made from this podcast and spending time with them. It's great to see the cast members and listen to the panels and get autographs and hear stories, but being able to be with those people people and and have drinks at the bar every night with them and really just have a good time i did my first cosplay really ever uh in at stlv a couple years ago and had the time of my life those are the things that i really missed when we didn't have it this year and i'm and i'm praying to god that next year happens uh, or this year i should say in august because it, it has to i i really think it has to happen so hopefully it will dan who kind of feels like it's 
Go, go ahead. What's did, that? You cosplay. Who who were you? Oh, I, I did Galt from Gamesters of Triskelion. Oh wow. And it was Deep cut. I had I had the <laughs> best time. I I you know, I grew the beard funny and I uh I had the cloak made and, and the and the uh collar and I had lights in it. It was it was just fantastic. I had the time of my life. He made it to the final round of the costume contest at STLV. Sweet. Um, and there were and there were awesome. a lot of customers at SCLV for sure. So congratulations. Yes. And and <laughs> bippity boop boop boop, Captain Pike won, and it was pretty awesome too. So <laughs> and then he sold his chair. Yeah, he did. You know Ooh. that was pretty amazing. That's funny. Yep. Um, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I I really am hoping for August. I'm starting to make plans for August. Mm-hmm. Um, here in New Hampshire, my age bracket, our age bracket, Dan is supposed to get the vaccine sometime between May. Uh, sorry, March and May. Right. So that leaves me hopeful for con season. Yeah. Last year, I kind of got through 2020 on the hope that we were still going to have cons at the end of the year. And then we didn't. So now that's kind of my hope again. And if we get to, we get to late summer 2021 and it's not happening, I don't know. I'm going to jump out a window, Dan. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I re- I'm really hoping that, uh, um, that it happens. It'll be great to get back together with all our friends from all across the, the country and the world, for that matter, that, that show up in Vegas. Um, but on to positive, another, another thing I wanted to talk about. I want to bring up just one more thing that yeah. Kyle mentioned about virtual cons. Hmm. And you know, people are doing those things that you might not have seen or, or might, you know, uh, might not have seen do other events. And I have to believe, Kyle, that that's the only reason we got Frakes to do a fundraiser with us for Feeding America. Oh, live interesting. Stream. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, you know, we took a flyer and reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And he said, yes, in a heartbeat. Mm. And we booked it and we raised, we raised $5,000 in a night. Sweet. To, and that's 50,000 meals for Feeding America, which is amazing. And that's all because this pandemic was happening. Frakes is a busy guy. He's constantly working. Yeah. If this were the normal, you know, work yeah. schedule for him, there's no way he'd been able to do that. No yeah, way. Was, yeah. He's the best for sure. He, <laughs> he, he really, he's, he's such a, a professional and, and he, he has a good time talking to us. Uh, we had a blast that night. It's, it's one of those nights that I'll never forget. We live streamed it. And like I said, 50,000 meals for Feeding America. That's a huge number. It's, it's hard to comprehend a number that big. Actually, it's kind of easy because it's 50,000. Yeah, that's a lot of meal. I'm thinking yeah. in terms of meals. Yeah. You big jerk. <laughs> so anyway, pardon. Yes. Uh, sorry, apologies for interrupting you, Dan. That's okay. That's all right. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up with, with terms of, in terms of 2020, and Kyle, we talked a little bit about it earlier. There have been three times in, and I, I hate to say it, but I have to say it to get the context of the new Trek generation. The new Trek has happened in Discovery. There have been three times that I have completely jumped out of my skin. One was the season finale of season one of Discovery Agreed. when the Enterprise yeah. showed up. Yeah. That was a moment where I was at my sister's house. I started jumping up and down, yelling, and they were all thought I was- When, when you start seeing the mind. one seven, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And and the, the new look of the Enterprise I thought was, was amazing. Gorgeous. Two was what we already talked talked about Pike. and that was the accident from pike that was just one of those moments that you know goosebumps just thinking about it right now my i'm literally getting goosebumps on my arm thinking about it the other one was this this season of discovery and it was in december i believe so we're still in 2020 and that was the guardian of forever oh yeah when that voice came over the screen i am the guardian of forever and then it it imploded exploded to show it my wife did not know what was going on. We had to stop and rewind yeah. the episode to watch it again because she had no idea what had just happened because I was screaming. Right. I was so excited. Those are the moments when I am so happy 
that we have the people writing these stories that we do because they know that they're going to get that reaction from people. And those are the three, possibly the three top moments in my Star Trek life have been all wrapped around in Discovery's first three seasons. Yeah, certainly uh, great examples. And I agree about the Guardian of Forever. Unfortunately, because I'm such a Twitter hound, I saw numerous people making observations about the newspaper from the the episode before yes. the reveal. Yeah. And so that really was a strong, strong hint that basically guaranteed that it had something to do with the Guardian. But yeah. if I hadn't known about that and if uh, you know, that explosion we saw in that episode was the first time I had seen or uh, heard anything about the Guardian that season, I would have absolutely lost it. As it was, I was really excited. But uh, kudos to the eagle-eyed viewers who were able to decipher that newspaper. It was done so well, you can bet that Harlan Ellison would have sued somebody where he's told Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> I, I, like I hate to I hate to say it in those terms, but I mean Harlan was a, a pretty litigious guy. I liked how they used the um, archive voice and not a new voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was just like the key that, detail you needed. That was the moment when he when that first started, and then they blended it in with the actor's voice. That's when yeah. I completely freaked out. And the modernization look of the Guardian was. Just it looks absolutely fine. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Dan, I would like to correct your record. Mm. Um, there are actually four moments you've jumped out of your skin as far as Star Trek Discovery. The fourth being Talos Four. Oh God, yes, <laughs> my God, how could I forget that? Yeah, Talos Four, and and the sounds, uh, the plants, and she grabbed, a, she touched a plant, and it stopped the sound, and the Talosians, just absolutely fantastic. I actually talked to Bill once before that episode of Discovery about somehow being a Talosian as my first cosplay and even working in some way that you got the head for it already. Yeah. (laughs) I I, thank you. I very much. You're never coming on the show again, but um, (laughs) he'll be back next week. Hey, I'm I'm heading there too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow work in a way that the necklace had some kind of speaker and he would be my voice projecting through that speaker. Very complicated, (laughs) but, but when you've never done a cosplay, you think of all kinds of ideas. ideas, But yeah. So to see the Talosians come back, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So yes, I stand corrected, Bill, four times, and they're all been in Discovery. They've all been in Discovery. Yeah, um, and I think this. I think you're going to get more of that in Strange New Worlds. Quite frankly, oh, um, yeah. I, I have to believe that that show is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, simply just because of the people they've assembled to be part of it. Um, I, I could take or leave Akiva Goldsman. Um, but I believe that this is something that is a passion project for him, and I I think that. I think that it'll be close to the Star Trek people have been hoping for. Yet there's still going to be people who bitch about it. Don't get me wrong. Oh God, yeah. But um, what? No. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What a what a shock. I'm stunned. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly can't wait. Well, gents, here we are. It's a new year. I wish you both nothing but the best. Well, Kyle, I wish you nothing but the best. I got to deal with Dan like, for another year. I hope so. you're okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a year? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Kyle, where can uh, where can folks find you online? Uh, Twitter. Like I said, I'm all over Twitter. Uh, at K-H-A-D-Y-9-3. Uh, K-Hattie. Uh, Kyle Hadiniak, 93. My birth year. I'm super creative that way. <laughs> and so you can he- head all over there and follow me. Follow treknews.net on Twitter. Um, let me plug one thing for you guys yeah, since we talked absolutely. about yeah, uh, me being a new father, which is uh, really exciting. I wrote a piece for Trek News about uh, what I have taken away from Star Trek now that I'm 
kind of embarking on the journey of parenthood. And so if you have kids and you like Star Trek, you'll probably find something interesting in that article. I'm pretty proud of it. It's gotten a really good reception online. So uh, check it out if you haven't already. And thank you to those who already have. And I I was going to say, I was going to bring that up, actually, if you hadn't, Kyle, uh, because it is a fantastic piece and and so thoughtful. And um, I I appreciate your perspective as a new parent. And uh, I can only imagine what the human adventure is going to bring for for you and your wife and for Kira. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The human adventure is uh, just beginning. There you go. Well, well, Mr. Hadiniak. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Uh, happy New Year. I-, I am so happy for you and your wife. And just, Kira, just, I can't wait to, to, to meet her virtually even at some point. It'd be great. Uh, it's great to, to see you. It's great to hear from you. It's great to read all the stuff that you do over on treknews.net. And uh, we will definitely be having you back because as Bill said, he might fire me and we might need you. <laughs> we just got to gang up on you. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> happy to help out. Well, buddy, that brings our first brand new show of 2020 to a close. But there's one thing we forgot to talk about, and that is this is the sixth anniversary of Trek Geeks. We touched on a little bit ago with Kyle, and um, it's it's amazing to think that six years ago we put out the hostage tape. Unbelievable. What a great six. You know, it's what a great amount of time it's been kicking off our sixth anniversary is just it's mind-boggling who would have thought that us two geeks at the time in maine and one in new hampshire would be doing this for as long as we've been doing it loving it as much as we have loved it had so many new friends come along and 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 meet us in vegas and we have a bigger star trek family now as a result of this there are so many things that i am so thankful for for this podcast uh you came to me with the idea and Dude, happy anniversary because it's it's truly been a remarkable experience so far, and it's just beginning. It, it's I feel like we're still learning what we're doing. You know, <laughs> that's because uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean because it it changes all yeah. the time. You know, uh, the, the Star Trek we get to watch changes. I mean, we get new episodes now constantly mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, there's always new developments. There's you know, it, it's not living off the same content that we had for. 20 plus years, you know, um, we're not, uh, wishing and hoping and waiting that there would be more Star Trek someday because for the last several years we've had it and we've been fortunate enough to, to be able to talk about it with so many great people. So, and, and what's, what's interesting is, is right now as we record, we're, we're kind of going through withdrawals because we just ended 23 straight weeks of brand new Star Trek. When was the last time that happened where we had 23, weeks of new star trek that was like what enterprise season four how long ago was that that was a long time ago well, technically they were only doing 22 okay, so episodes a season that. back yeah, then okay. so it'd be back there to voyager go. that's even longer 25 plus years well 20 years if you count season seven yeah math, math up, yeah it's not my forte <laughs> but it's not but it is, <laughs> don't but it i know easy. it <laughs> it is it, math is easy um so here we are six years down the road almost 250 episodes under our belt and um, I feel like in many ways, we're still just getting started. So sincere thanks to everyone that has ever downloaded and listened and loved or hated mm-hmm. the show, 
because it's it's provided us some some useful feedback and some great knowledge and uh, it goes without saying that without all of you we would not be here doing this oh absolutely 100 percent in agreement um we do it because the people like to listen to us talk about star trek for some ungodly reason i still can't figure it out but you know what we're here because you guys support us we love the fact that you support us we love all of you for listening and downloading and giving us that feedback whether positive or negative we always take it and use it to be a better show and we will continue to do that so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and i'm sure from the bottom of bill's heart happy sixth anniversary man and um when we're um celebrating our 60th anniversary then we'll have a conversation you realize in that point we'll both squarely be in in the hundreds as far as our age, so right? Doctor McCoy, and look where he was on the TNG Enterprise One Seven Hundred One D. Well, there you have it, uh, Dan. Somebody else that we are incredibly grateful for is the band Five Year Mission. This entire six years, they have been a part of our show, and now they are a part of our podcast network. We want everyone to head out to fiveyearmission.net, get all their albums. You know, we just recently did an episode of Farkism's, uh, you know, Supercut, and I know what happens next. And I've I've been kind of preparing myself for this because I, I can't imagine that the sixth year is going to start off any better than the last one ended. So. Just, just do it. It's 2021, man. A look of positiveness. It's a new horizon. So let's start the year off with a great Farkas. I mean, they're all great, but let's start off with a really great one. Um, <laughs> don't make that face anymore. Uh, I'll tell you, man, I got to say, though, another great thing was season three of Discovery. I mean, it was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. From the very first scene all the way up through the last moment of the season finale, the storytelling was great, and the character building was just top-notch. They even had cool themes in some episodes, if you can remember, like a Western bar. You remember that episode, Bill? It was uh, after Discovery crash-landed on that icy planet. Saru and Tilly look for inhabitants of an old dilithium mining facility, and they kind of end up in what looks like a bar of sorts. You know, Then all of a sudden, the, the bad guy sashays in with his stirrup boots he was a tough hombre thinking just because he's the best drummer in the quadrant he has the right to control everyone and demand anything he wants but philippa set him straight with a couple good right hooks and and tilly and saru sent him off to his pitiful little band you remember it it was season three episode two fark from home i've got so many questions uh the first of which is um a bad guy using a, a dance move to come through mm. the door? I, I don't think I can envision him sashaying through oh, yeah. the door. I would think in a Western, he'd mosey Sashay. on in. Moonwalk. Hip, hip oh, my. Stop. <laughs> yeah. With the stirrup boots. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. <clears throat> Fark, Fark from, from home. home. Classic. Parasitic ice. Oh, I've, you're a parasite, <laughs> I assure you. Uh, don't forget, fiveyearmission.net, please go get all their albums. Make this all stop. Uh, don't forget, you too can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon, where you can get all kinds of special exclusive perks. Yeah, that's right. We wouldn't be here without the support of our beloved patrons, and, and we pride ourselves on the special swag that we offer, like, oh, the annual supporters pin produced by our friends over at Fansets, and our annual t-shirt. And, and hey, uh, a little bird told me recently, Bill, that we're going to possibly have some new tier perks coming your way in 2021. Just saying. Uh, but right now, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support. Dave Andrews, Vikram Bhatt, 
Luke Burnham, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Brooke Horton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Molenkoff, Shane Murray, Casey Pettit, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Blake Strike, Tim Serdar, whew, Heather Sohn, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Trey Womack, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderfully wardrobed Conrad Hutchins. Why do you do you need to take a break after that? You look you look really winded. That's wow, that's fantastic. It really is. And I'm amazed that you can make it through it every single week without messing around <laughs> on the low. We of course also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambast, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashaw. You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Dan, next week it's time to kick off yet another year-long celebration. This is this is becoming a habit for us, and I gotta say, I'm here for it. Let's see, first there was Trek 50, yeah. and then there was TNG 30, followed by DS9 25 and Voyager 20, and I have faith of the heart that you know what's coming next. If you ever use that phrase again, I am going to shoot you out an airlock. And and I'm getting ready to set that up right now because we're going to have to deal with it all year long. You've been warned. <sighs> now uh, that I've said that, we're going to continue uh, with year um, with Voyager 21, uh, excuse me, Voyager 21, uh, because they kind of got shafted with COVID and we are, are thrilled to be able to do that. But we are ex- very excited to kick off our year-long celebration of Archer. To Paul, Hoshi, Trip, Mayweather, Flocks, and Reed. It was four seasons of exploration and season-long arcs. Next week, we kick off Enterprise 20 right here on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. I'm looking forward to yeah. this one. It's a show that just keeps getting more and more love as as it you know time goes on. And it's going to be good to, to rewatch. Plus, we've got Discovering Trek Enterprise starting up very Woo-hoo. soon. Over on discovering discovering Trek with uh, with Sarah and Casey, so that'll be pretty exciting Fantastic. too. Can't wait. Uh, speaking of which, for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to Rewind and Polytrek, Survive Your Mission, Infinite Trek, Deep Space Pride, and the aforementioned Discovering Trek, now you can hear the latest podcast to the network, the Divine Treasury, a Star Trek Collectibles podcast with Jamie Rogers and Mike Bovia. Of course, you can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek show, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 247 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. Happy New Year. Live long and prosper. What was that? This is a new year and that's well, what you're bringing to the start table? low because through the rest of the year... I'm going like a rocket ship straight up, baby. You're going to have coconut like I'd, you've never seen before. I want to start. I want I'd, to set expectations accordingly. You, uh, you would never hear me say this under normal circumstances, but I demand some actual coconut. coconut. <laughs> Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. 
Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Bing bong. Uh, I'm Don't sorry. do that. I just know you love that so much. It makes me want to throw. No, it makes me want to throw up in the That's back of my I mouth. Um, happy New Year, jerk. And to you, friend. See, just the difference uh, is amazing. It's like not. Well, that's because you made me throw up in my mouth. <laughs> but I, but it's because I love you. No, a little no, throw you up don't. in the morning just shows I love you. Well, <laughs> There are just so many places to take that, none of which are appropriate none for this podcast. Uh-uh. And uh, so, yeah, Happy New Year, pal. Uh, it's good to see you. It's our first new show it of the is. year. And uh, it's, it, was a, it was a good few weeks off, and people got what they wanted. They got outtakes, <laughs> and they got farkisms. I, I am amazed that well uh, you started doing farkisms i think around episode 53 or something like that and uh the first farkisms episode is an hour long and that took us all the way up to episode 100 <laughs> so we only have 147 left plus <laughs> well by the time we get to the next yeah. one who knows how many yeah. there will be but uh roughly you know 45 50 episodes should be another hour so we're going to have a ways to go. We got like four or five volumes of this coming. It's funny because when, because, because that's a lot of work. And, and thank you for the work that you do for that, because I know that the fans appreciate it much more than I do because, because, <laughs> because it's what they want. But anyway, it makes me. Th- wait, wait, wait. You put the, you, you write the Farkisms, I know, you idiot. They love hearing them and they wanted to hear them all in a big gaggle of Farkisms. So it's, it's what they want. I'm here for the fans and the listeners, man. I'm, I'm. Is. Is a group of farkisms really called a gaggle? It's called a, it's called a farkle. <laughs> That's a game, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, it's the equivalent of Yahtzee. It is. Isn't yeah, it? it's actually a fun game. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is, is you putting that all together was a lot of work, and I'm sure it just became like brain numbing for a while. And it made me think when my brother turned fifty, I put together a fifty fiftieth birthday video for him which had pictures of him as a baby and had all kinds of music and everything associated to it. And one of the things that I highlighted in the video was that he's always, he's always kind of a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. So I had the song, Because I'm Happy, da-da-da-da-da, you know, that by, I forget what his name Thank Pharrell. you, Pharrell. I yeah. don't want to sing it here. Um, but I, what I would do is I would, I would make sure the pictures were, were changing at, at an exact moment during the song. So it was monotonous work. I hate that song now more than I can tell you because I have heard it thousands of times during that um, creation of that video. So I can only imagine what you think of Farkisms because I knew what you thought of them beforehand. 
Oh my <laughs> word. So I, I can tell you that you have a spreadsheet of Farkisms, which we keep on in cloud yeah. storage. And your first documented Farkism is not when they started. I think I started that after the fact because I wanted to start keeping track of them. Well, your date was a year off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like all of my other record-keeping activity, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, now, did you ever work for Enron? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, how about Arthur I, Anderson? I, I, no, not that I recall. No? I mean, but you know, I, I don't no. keep good records, so it could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. And I gotta say, as we've gone along for so many years now, they get harder and harder because because I have to really start digging for stuff to come out with these amazing um, uh, etched in stone things that you will never forget. Um, Farkism puns. It's interesting that you would actually choose to use the word amazing in this uh, particular context. Um, and I would somewhat argue that you've been digging pretty deep to hit the bottom since, of the barrel ever since, since the beginning. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a couple go. You've yeah. actually helped. You came up with uh, Farcucci Moya, which was one of the best. <laughs> Farcucci that, Moya. That and I think uh, Farquiel might be two of the best ones. Um, They... They they have the virtue of being rather impromptu, yeah. um, whereas yours are scripted out. And I, the fact that you keep a database just astounds me. <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself, and I think I have repeated myself a couple of times, but I've I've done my best to not. What I usually do is I'll go and I'll think of one, and and then I'll go into that database and I'll do a search to see if I can find the, the same word or the same episode title. Um, sometimes I've I've I have not seen it uh, and repeated myself, but it's been few and far between. I um uh, yeah that's true. I think that one t- the one that I know of that you used a second time uh, because you screwed it up twice <laughs> was wrongs darker than death yeah. or night because the first time you called it wrongs farker right. than the night and the second time you got closer if memory <laughs> serves um but you still didn't really get the title like, right and that's the only reason it sticks I like out of my how mind. You just had a discovery um title in what you just said to me if memory serves. Well, uh, spoiler alert, that phrase has been around for a long time. <laughs> I was just trying to deflect. <laughs> you? <laughs> you? Yeah. So um, as as many people know, we don't talk politics on right. Trek Geeks. Today, as we record this outtake, it is Inauguration Day here in the United States. And I have taken the day off because regardless of the outcome... I am day drinking this mm-hmm. afternoon, and I'm going to love every Absolutely. minute of it. Absolutely, yep. I decided I should work out ahead of that. Yeah, it looks like you got the workout garb already ready to go. Yeah, I do. Looking pretty. I do. Pretty sporty there, Captain America. Yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, it's an honor of yep. the day. I've watched every inauguration in the last really? forty years. That's that's congratulations, <laughs> man. That's that's no small feat. Since uh, 1981, there you honestly. go. That's cool. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will be watching. Uh, yeah, we don't talk politics here. We'll do this little spot, and that's about it. Um, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, I'll say it right out. Um, Biden's not the best choice in the planet, unless you look at what was going on. Um, I wish him all the all the best and all the luck in the world. Um, America needs this. The world needs this. And I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to some sense of normalcy, and I think we'll at least start to get that a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm not making any statement other than I appreciate the way we transition mm -hmm. power in in our particular representative yes. democracy. Um, it's it's different. It's it's beautiful. It's unique. It spawned um, similar processes in other nations, and it's far from perfect, but it's the one we have. And I'm always glad that that it happens with more pomp and circumstance than it does. Uh, you know, shock yep, and awe. Absolutely. Well said, man. Um, new topic, since now we're going to get right off of that. Yeah. I made the best duck ever last night. Because you know that duck is my all-time favorite entree. I do. And I do that. And we tried making a I duck in the air fryer last night with air fryer coconut oil roasted potatoes. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> I, I Admittedly, I know very little about air fryers. But that term seems a little, a little much like an oxymoron. Like a toaster. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, it just it just blows hot air to to cook the food. But it, it I gotta say, you know, I've re read a lot of stuff about it before we got it, and people say, "Oh my God, it's so moist when you cook food," and it's no lie because it, it is. We've done several things in it now, and it, they've all turned out fantastic. We've been using the Instapot. We don't use our stove. That's the thing. We who knows if we'll ever use our stove again. <laughs> yeah, we love yeah. our instant pot. So the air fryer blows a lot of hot air. Does this mean that you are an air fryer? <laughs> I'll be here all week. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you've uh, since I've ground this conversation to a halt, and you've already started with the pre roll, do you uh, do you want to yeah, do let's this? Do it, man! Looking forward to a great 2021 with you here on the podcast, my friend. I'm going to make one change to that pre-roll because I had made it once already and it seems to have evaporated one moment. This is fantastic yes, listening. There, there we go. go. You can reload. I will reload. Well, actually made the change for me right <clears> on the fly <throat> there. Boom. I've changed that like three That's times. Very strange. I love technology. It's more beautiful than your Any face. There it is. The first your face of 2021. But Boom. Really, anything is. Yeah. Coconut!